All right, welcome everybody. I'm so glad that you guys are here. My name is Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here at Arise Church, and we're all about helping people follow Jesus, and we want to help you follow Jesus wherever you are on your journey with him. And we're all going to talk about that big journey, the quest, as we continue our series today. What I do want to make sure that you do is if you're new, go to risedenver.com new, fill out that form. I want to get to know you. Plus, we give $5 to the Denver Rescue Mission to help someone who's on the streets or homeless get a meal or back on their feet. So please do that. Also, connect in a community group. Choose community, okay? We want everyone to do that. And we know that we need community now more than ever, and we can do that digitally. We can do it over Zoom. We can do some of our community groups may meet in person, but, but we want you to do that. Go to risedenver.com slash community groups, or in the back, there is a kiosk. It's our iPad in the back. You can go back and you can sign up for a community group today, because those are launching this next week. And Sawyer Trapp, our associate pastor who is shredding on the electric guitar, Okay, he, he will be back there. He will tell you exactly which community group to be in, which one is a good fit for you. And if you're like, none of those work with my schedule, he'll say, tag your it. You're going to start a new one, right? Um, because we all need community. So um, that's what I want to encourage you guys to do today. So we are jumping into week two of our series, The Quest. I'm excited about the series. I think it's a lot of fun uh, as a fun way to approach uh, some of the scriptures. And I hope you guys are, are enjoying it as well. We started week one last week. So if you missed that, you can go to risedenver.com slash media, and on our media page, we have the sermon video, we have the sermon audio, and we have a sermon transcript of every single message. So there's no reason to miss a Sunday ever again, right, because of what we have. So make sure you go back and get that, because we are talking about this quest, and as the video talked about, the quest is just like this overarching story plot that kind of occurs again and again in literature and in our movies, and it begins with the hero, the protagonist, who starts out, receives a call, goes on a journey, and they have a guide to, to help help them along the way and also some companions to help them. And they do that to overcome obstacles and temptations in, old, in order to ultimately reach a goal. And those six different components we're looking at in this series. So last week, we talked about the beginning of that journey, the call. The call. There's a call to come, come and do something. And, and what is it to come and what? Anybody? Follow, right? Okay, thank you, Ben, for yelling from the back. Um, to come and follow. It's a very simple call for those of us who are followers. Just, just come and follow, okay? You don't need to have the whole picture. You don't need to have it all figured out. All you need to do is just take a step, and that's what we talked about. Take a step. Start your journey. Answer the call. So, so today, we're, we're going to talk about some of the relationships you need on this journey, on this quest, because we need other people. We cannot do it on our own, and, and that is today the guide. Next week, we're going to talk about the companions, because we need at least one guide in our life to help us, because it is hard to figure things out on our own. Now, we know guides in, in the stories that we love. You, you, perhaps you think of the Lord of the Rings, there's, you know, Gandalf, the great wizard, or in Harry Potter, there's Dumbledore. It's, for some reason, it's always like this older figure, right? It, or, or perhaps in the Wizard of Oz, there's the, the good witch, right? The good witch, Glinda, who helps Dorothy figure out the path she's supposed to take. So we see these guides in our stories, and they're often someone who's kind of been there before. They have knowledge that we are lacking, and they help people forward. And I have a little clip so that we can make sure everybody knows who these are and one of the most famous guides in our culture. Let's watch this clip. We'll never get it out now. So certain are you. Always with you, it cannot be done. Do you nothing that I say? Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn 
what you have learned. Alright, I'll give it a try. No! Try not! Do! Or do not! There is no try. So, all you need to do is go find a little green alien and you're good to go. You guys can head out for the week. No, I'm kidding. Okay, we all know that, that Yoda is that representative figure of the guide. That we want those guides in our life who, who have been there before. They know what they're talking about and they can speak into our lives and really unlock some things within us and help unleash who we were meant to be. We need those guides. We especially need guides when we're at new things in our life or, or in a difficult season. That's when we realize our need for guides the most. I, I remember when Melissa and I were brand new parents, and it, there's this thing, if, if you remember, if you were parents, that you don't sleep very much. Remember those days? Um, that you don't sleep very much when you're a new parent. Um, and with McKinley, our daughter, we, you know, we thought we knew what we were doing. Every parent does, right, until they have kids, you know. You know, I had, I had five theories about parenting and now I have five kids and, and no theories. That's what, you know, like that's what everybody figures out. That, that you don't know what you're talking about as soon as you have your kids. And, and I remember that McKinley wasn't sleeping through the night at all. Like she was waking up in the middle of the night and just staying up. And of course that was my shift because we, we took shifts. And in my shift, she would just wake up and be up. So we thought, okay, on our own figuring this out because we know everything. We're like, okay, that means we've got to, you know, turn on the lights, get out all the toys, play with McKinley's to, so she's exhausted and wants to go back to sleep. That's what you're supposed to do in the middle of the night with kids, right? So as we're doing this, we're getting even more sleep deprived and, and which is causing us to have um, some <clears throat> uh, conversations between the two of us. It's rough nights, right? And we're getting more sleep deprived, more angry, frustrated, and we can't figure this out. So we're trying to exhaust her even more, playing even more with her at night and it just wasn't working. Finally, Melissa got on the phone with her older brother, who by this point had, had already had five kids. And he said, why are you turning on the lights in the middle of the night? You know, maybe you should just keep them off and, and maybe she'll go back to sleep. And of course, it worked, right? The, the next night we turned it off and we were back to sleep. I mean, geez, we should have known this, right? It's so obvious, yet as new parents, you just don't see these things. So whether you're a new parent or new in marriage or new to a job or new to retirement, you look at these things like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And sometimes you can figure things out on your own. Sometimes you can't. So you either need the guide to help you figure out what you can't or to help you move further faster. That's what guides do for us in our lives. It's especially so when, when things are really difficult in our lives. And some of you are there. You're saying, you know, Matt, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this unemployment or this financial issue I'm going through or my marriage is on the rocks. I just don't know what to do right now in this situation. And that's why a guide can help so much because they've been there ahead of us. That they can speak wisdom into our lives. We need guides in our lives, don't we? But I don't even think that's the most important thing for me to say today. And, and that's not what we're going to focus on because the thing is, is we all have guides. Whether you realize it or not, we all have people around us who either tell us what to do or, or we can look at their example. We have people on TV that are telling us how to live our lives. We have people on Instagram who are literally called influencers because all they do is tell you what to do, Right? You can't go anywhere without someone telling you how to raise your kid, how to live your life, how to do marriage, how to do school. There's people around you who will say things. Students in school, you'll have another student say, oh, don't worry about it. Everybody cheats. You can do it too. Okay? There's guides telling you things. The problem isn't that we don't have guides. The problem is that we have the wrong guides. 
We have the wrong guide. So we're going to talk about how do we get the right guides in our life. And, and, and really, even this week, like you can't go anywhere without somebody telling you what to do. I was just watching a music video on YouTube, and up at the beginning of the ad is some guy telling me how to have better abs, right? And I don't, I don't need him to tell me that. I know that I need to do more sit-ups and eat less cheese, okay? When your cheese-to-sit-up ratio is leaning towards cheese, you're not going to have washboard abs, right? I don't need a guy to tell me that. But yet there's always people telling us what to do and how to live our lives around us. So what we need to do is not just find a guide, but to find the right guides. So what we're going to learn today is to let the godly be your guides. Let the godly be your guides. You need people who are actually following God, that have character and that they have a life worthy of imitating. You can look at them and say, wow, that person's godly. Not just that they're smart or have a few things figured out, but they actually have some character in their life. That God is in their life and it shows. So I want to challenge you today to let the godly be your guides. And we're going to see this from one verse in this series. We're going through the book of Hebrews. We're just kind of jumping in for six weeks into this, this book. And I hope some of you read that this week. It only takes 45 minutes on average for someone to read through this entire book. So if you haven't done that, go back and do that. But today we're going to look at Hebrews 13, 7. And in this verse we read this, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. It's a very simple, very simple verse, right? There's three commands in there. Remember, consider, and imitate. So these leaders, and we're going to talk about who they are, these godly leaders, but the first thing we're supposed to do is remember to think about their lives because we forget. So we're supposed to look back and maybe things we've observed in their life, well, what did I see about them? We, we recall it, we bring it back to mind, and then it's supposed to be consider because you're supposed to think about it and chew on it and say, how did they handle that? How did they do that thing? When they were in that situation, what did they do? Consider their life, and lastly, to imitate their faith, and we're going to talk about that a lot. To say, hey, this is how they're living their life. I want to do the same. So remember, consider, and imitate. So who are these people that we're supposed to do these things for? Who are these guides in our life? Well, this passage says it's remember your leaders. That's what the first thing it says. Remember your leaders. So these are people going in front of you, right? They've already gone there. So you know that because they've gone on this journey, this quest, I can trust them for my next few steps. Because they've been there. They know what they're doing. They're our leaders. So, so who are they? You know, a lot of people look at this verse, and it says, because it says remember, and it says they spoke the word of God to you, they assume that this is people who have died. A lot of people actually interpret it that way, and, and I think it, it's wrong. I, I think it's very good to look at people who have died, and maybe that's part of the people that you're supposed to look to. You're supposed to say, hey, you know, uh, wow, Billy Graham was, was incredible. He lived a life of integrity. I can look to his life in the past. It's good to have some dead people that you look to. C.S. Lewis, man, he, he's great. I, I love reading his books. I learned so much from them, right? It's good to have some dead people that we look to. But it's hard to, to see their life that way if they've already passed. Okay? And I think it's talking about primarily the people that are still alive that are around you. And you see this because in this one chapter, the author of Hebrews uses the word leaders three different times. The next time is in Hebrews 13, 17, where it says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you. These are people who are leaders in the church who are shepherding you, watching over you. 
People like pastors or community group leaders or the elder board of our church. People in the church that you say, wow, those are followers of Jesus and they have something about them. They have some integrity. I can, I can look to their life. They're leaders who are actively alive, right? How can you submit to them if they're dead? You can't. Okay, the same thing occurs in verse 24. Greet all your leaders and all the Lord's people. Okay, if this author is three times in this one chapter talking about the leaders and, and they're to be greeted, you can't greet the dead, okay? At least not in our faith, right? You don't do that. So this is talking about people who are alive. So we're supposed to look, okay, who are the people around me? One of the best places we can look is in our church. And who are these leaders who have gone before me that I can watch their life, that I can learn from, that they can be my guides? Now look again at our verse in verse 7. It says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. So you should look for godly leaders who know God's word who know the Bible, who don't just say, hey, I've read this thing in an advice column or I learned this in a book, but they actually say, hey, this is what I got from God's book. That they have scripture memorized or can direct you to that. That the people who are saying, hey, what does God say about that situation? What does God say about parenting? You know, so we should look at the ones who speak the word of God. And more about that, it says, consider the outcome of their way of life. So these people are not just talking the talk, but walking the walk, Right? I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Have you ever heard that saying? We want to make sure that they're actually living out the things they're talking about. And that's why it helps to have people that uh, you know in, in community, like the community of a church, that, that you see and you can watch their lives and you can see how they parent. You can see how they go through marriage and conflicts there. You can see how they spend their money or don't spend their money. And you can learn from these different, how did they go about career? How did they go about retirement? What can I learn from them by looking at the outcome of their way of life? And it's outcome because that probably means that they have a whole, you know, years, maybe decades of a life that you can watch and observe. You, you say, wow, they have made it to the end without blowing up their family because they work too much. The outcome of their life is something worth looking at and observing, considering and imitating. You know, I've always had mentors. I'll say that to you guys. For at least the last 15 years, I've always had a mentor. Somebody that I'm like, I'm going to sp actively spend one time a month with this person. And I'll call them a couple other times in the month if I need to. I I've always had some of this person. And, and it, there's always someone that I'm looking up to. Uh, or, or I think of the, the person in my church in Nebraska, a guy named Don, who was in his 60s and been married, you know, all, 30 years. And, and his wife had MS, and it was slowly but, but getting worse. But Don went to the gym every single day to work out. This guy was ripped in his 60s because he knew he would need to physically help his wife. And he was always there to care for her. I remember him driving her little electric scooter to get it right at the place that she needed so she could get out of the car and ride that electric scooter. And he always did it with a smile and a great attitude. And I saw that when I'm having some difficult conversations with my wife, right? Because <laughs> we're not sleeping enough with babies, and I'm thinking, well, how does he do that? I want to be like him. I want my marriage to be like Don and Nancy's marriage. So we need these people around us and say, I want to be like that. Uh, we always need a guide, and we need godly guides. So let the godly be your guides. They should speak the word of God, and they should really live it. And that's why we imitate their faith. We imitate their faith. So 
you're looking at their life and you're saying, I'm going to do those things. I'm going to do what they do. I'm going to talk like they talk. I'm going to treat people the way they treat people. I'm going to imitate them. This is a good thing to do. Elsewhere, Paul teaches the same concept in First and Second Thessalonians. In First Thessalonians, he says, you know how we lived among you for your sake. We, we lived among you. You saw us. You became imitators of us. You watched our life. You imitated it. That's the same word as that occurs in Hebrews. We command you in 2 Thessalonians, brothers and sisters, to keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. So there's, there's going to be some Christians, there's going to be some people in church that, that you shouldn't imitate, right? But for you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. So we've got to realize this. There are Good guides and bad guides. There are people even in the church that were like, I don't want to be like that person. That's okay. If you look around and you're like, hmm, not that person. Matt, you're telling me to be like him. Mm, no way. I don't want anything to do with her, right? That's okay. They're in progress just like you are. But there should be people around you that you can look and say, I do want to live like them. I want to learn from them. And, and those people, the godly guides, spend time with them. Watch them and imitate them. Don't think, oh, I can figure this out on my own or, or I, I know what I'm doing. No, 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 just imitate them. They'll help you go further faster when you imitate their lives and say, I'm gonna learn from this guide that's ahead of me. I'm gonna learn from these guides that are just maybe a step or two ahead of us because one of the most important things for a guide is that they lead by example, right? That they lead by example. Um, I... I, I read the books, uh, I'm sorry, read the book Band of Brothers this list last year, and some of you read the book or, or seen the miniseries about them by, by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. Band of Brothers covers a uh, company of soldiers in World War II. And it's really interesting because it shows two different types of guides, two different types of leaders in these, um, this miniseries. Because there's Herbert Sobel, who was just a petty tyrant. He was the one who trained, trained the whole company and he was just a jerk. People didn't like him because he would always he would take away their permissions. He would give them discipline for just the dumbest little things and nobody liked him. Nobody wanted to follow him into war because he didn't know what he was doing tactically. He couldn't read a map and he didn't have very good fitness standards for himself. People were afraid to go follow him into battle because they were afraid they were going to shoot him. Literally, that's what they'd say. You know, they couldn't stand this guy because he didn't lead by example. But it also tells about Dick Winters, who, who entered the army and, and was a non-commissioned officer. And by the time he finished in the army, he um, was, uh, I, I'm blanking on it, but he, he, was, he was pretty high up. He was a major before he retired. And Dick Winters led by example. He said, I am going to be the one who's the fittest in the unit. So he would w work out after everybody. He would go out on runs so that he would be, by example, the fittest person in the company. He would also study his tactical manual while everybody was out on leave and having fun. He would learn and study so that he would be the best commander. So when they did enter in, there was a paratroop unit, and when they entered into Germany uh, during World War II, I'm sorry, into France, behind enemy lines, he led. And people followed Dick Winters. Even as they approached a town, there was objective to take a German-occupied town in France. And they were getting attacked by machine gun fire all the men jumped and they, they fled. They, they ran into the ditches and were hiding as they were pinned down by this enemy fire. Dick Winters tried to coax them to, to get up. He tried to command them, get up, we've got to take our objective, we've got to take this town even though they're shooting at us. 
but nobody would move. So what did he do? He got up into the middle of the road, grabbed the guys and started running. He led the charge. And his soldiers followed him and they took that objective. And that's why he's uh, revered as one of the greatest non-commissioned officers in all of World War II. After the war, one of his uh, sergeants wrote to him and they said, you know, Dick, you led us. You're, you're our best friend. And, and he said this, I would follow you into hell. Why? Because he led by example. That's what we need, right? We need people who are leading by example, and those are the people we should look to to be our guides. In their life, is there something I can learn from? Or are they someone who, who show the fruit of the Spirit? They're humble, they're kind, they're gentle, even though they may stand firm on the truth. They do it in a loving way. Look to those people. Who are the guides in your life that you can watch, that you can follow, that you can imitate? And if you know anyone like that, you need to spend some more time with them. You need to hang out with them. Take them out to coffee. Take them out to lunch. Call them up. Okay? It's weird to just go up to a person and say, hey, will you be my guide? <laughs> in our church, you can probably do that now and people will understand what you're talking about. But I've tried to go up to people you know, that I know, and, hey, will you be my mentor? It's a little bit of an awkward conversation. But what you can do is call this person up and say, hey, I got something going on. Could I talk with you about it? What do you think? And if they give you some words of advice, even if it's not what you want to hear, ask them at the end of the conversation, hey, could we do this again? Could I call you up when I have some issues going on in my life? Or maybe we could just grab coffee. I'd love to pick your brain. So that this person becomes the guide because they're someone who's living the way they should. They have a godly life. We're letting the godly be our guides. So will you do that? Will you let the godly be your guides? Follow their example. So, so I want to look one more time at, at verse 7 where, where it does say to, to remember your leaders. Remember your leaders. So, so we talked about how these people are probably around you. So this is what I want to say about who these guides should be. It's okay to have a guide who is dead or distant. It's okay. Like, that's fine. Those are good. You can learn from people who, who have gone before. If they're distant, you know, it, it's good. You can call them up every once in a while. But what you really need is people who know you and are nearby. So not the two Ds, not dead or distant, the two Ns that know you and are nearby. And you know, it's kind of an N, right? So who are the people that can be your guide that know you? See, when someone knows you and they're not just distant, they, they can see some problems that you're having in your life. And, and sometimes they'll even like call you out on it, which is a good thing. You need people who know you and know your life. You know, in our stories that we love, the quest stories, okay, Frodo needed Gandalf with him on the journey when he was there at different legs of the journey. He needed that, okay? Uh, Marty McFly needed Doc to know the situation of what was going on so he can get him back to the future, right? You need someone who knows you and you need someone who's nearby. And that's why we say in the church is one of the best places that you can find these godly guides, so, not someone who's dead or distant, someone who is nearby and knows you. Okay? These are the type of guides we need in our lives if we want to move forward faster and if we want to keep moving ahead. Now, some of you are thinking, well, Matt, I, I've tried to find some people I can follow the example, maybe even in the church, and I have been disappointed. Anybody been here like that? I remember in college, there was one guy I really respected. I was starting to learn a lot from his life and from his faith. And I found out what he was doing on the weekends. You know what I'm talking about. 
and I was disappointed. And I, it was kind of like shattered some things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't look to this person anymore. This is what I would say. We all have those people. Don't learn the bad things from them. It's simple as that, right? Okay? Learn the good things, not the bad. Follow them as they're following Christ, not when they're not. Okay? Some of you have been really, really hurt by leaders in the church. I know I've had some pastors that I've really looked up to that have fallen. Some of you have personally looked up to pastors that have fallen, right? You thought this was someone that you could learn from, and I was learning from him, and then all of a sudden, boom. And you feel like, wow, I've wasted so many years of my life. I've been trying to be like this person, and now I'm so let down. And, and I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that that has happened to you. But I want you to start thinking about these guides like Cairns, okay? When you go on a hike, there's Cairns. You know what I'm talking about? Just piles of stones. And you're going on the hike, and you see the Cairn, and you're saying, okay, I'm going to that cairn, and I'm going to go there, and then what do you do when you hit it? You move past it to the next one, right? You don't just say like, okay, I guess I'm going to stay here, but if they got you that far, that's great. Celebrate it. But now it's time for a new leg of the journey. I've got to find the next guide up ahead that can lead me to, through this valley. They got me here. I shouldn't be too disappointed. Okay, they, they've fallen. I can't follow them anymore, but I can follow another person. You're going to have multiple guides in your life, and you should have. That's why it says, remember your leaders. It doesn't say, remember the leader, the one great guy that you can look up to for the rest of your life, that one incredible woman who's got it all figured out. No, 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 the leaders. I've had different mentors throughout my life. Some I keep, go back to every once in a while to give them a call, you know, and, and some not so much. But we have some people that are in our lives, and we need those leaders. We need those guides to help us move forward. There are some good guides and there are some bad guides. So, so choose the godly ones. Choose the good ones. Think of even Frodo, right? I, I know I'm going to reference the Lord of the Rings a bunch in this series, right? Think of Frodo. He had Gandalf. He had Elrond, who were good leaders, good guides that led him on the way. But there was also Boromir, who was seduced by the power of the ring and tried to get Frodo to use it for their advantage. But that would have been wrong. There's always people telling you what to do. So let the godly be your guides. Let the godly be your guides. Because ultimately, the best guides are pointing away from themselves. They're saying, follow me, yes, but follow me, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. And this is why I want to give you a second application here. The first question is, who's your guide? Second one is, who are you guiding? Every single one of us should have someone ahead of us that we're watching, but also someone behind us that's watching us. Do you have anyone that's looking to you in your life? I don't care how old you are. You could be a high schooler and there's going to be a middle schooler looking to you. Who is it that's looking to your life? And are you actively going to help them and guide them? Not just give them advice and tell them what to do but to spend time with them. Get to know their situation. Listen to them because if you listen to them, they're going to listen to you. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay? You've got to spend time with them. You've got to love them and encourage them. And you'll be able to develop those relationships and say, hey, just come along with me. And you're going to, like it said in verse 7, speak the word of God into them. Like, hey, let's, let's read the Bible together. Let's do a Bible study. Or, hey, let's go to church together. Now, now some of you are like, Matt, I, I don't, nobody should be my guide. <laughs> my life is a mess. But here's the thing. All you need to do is be one step ahead of the person behind you. 
Can you be one step ahead of someone? You can be like, I don't know anything, but I went to church. (laughs) Well, invite somebody who hasn't gone to church to church. You're one step ahead of them, and you're inviting them with you. You heard this message. You share it. I learned this two minutes ago. I'm going to send you this message by text message, right? I'm helping that person because I'm one step ahead of that person that's behind me. So who's your guide, and who are you guiding? And if you're thinking about my life, is, is that nobody should be following my life, well, maybe it's time to make some changes, okay? Right now, Francis Chan, Francis Chan um, has said, if you can, can't find a single person who looks to you as a mentor, something is wrong with you. And social media doesn't count. I'm talking about flesh and blood humans who mimic your actions. Do you have those people in your life? If not, you've got to change some stuff. Maybe some of you need to just go home and you need to drastically change some things about your life, about the way you're living. Because we all need to have a guide and to guide someone. And we should let the godly be our guide so we should become more and more godly so someone else can learn from us. When I was a middle schooler, there was, there was a youth leader and I looked up to him. I thought he was amazing. He taught me so much about faith because he knew something about faith. My sister told me years later, she's like, Matt, because my sister's older, she's like, he was bad. Like, he didn't know anything. He was not living the way he should have been living. But it didn't matter to me because as a middle schooler, he knew just a little bit more than I did. It's not hard to do with a middle schooler, right? So maybe you should go help at Turbulence on Wednesday nights, right, Sawyer? There's always, you could be the guide to somebody. So who is your guide and who are you guiding? These are some of the most important relationships you will need on this journey. And as Paul says, follow me as I follow the example of Christ, right? Because ultimately that's what we're doing. Every single human being will fall short, but not Jesus. When we look to Jesus, what we're looking to is the one who gave us the ultimate example. He was perfect when all of our other guides will fail. Jesus lived the perfect life. He served people. He loved people. He cared about people. The only time, too, he said, follow my example, was when he washed his disciples' feet. And yet his whole life is the example for us because he went to the cross to suffer and die for the people he came to save. To suffer for us. To die on the cross in the most excruciating way to show us that we can too give our lives for others. To serve others. We look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith as it says in Hebrews. We looked at last week. Look to Jesus. We're going towards him. He's the ultimate one. And that will help us take the next step on our journey. So who's your guide and who are you guiding? A few years ago, when Melissa and I were going through our, our miscarriages, it was, it was tough. We were in grief. We had four in a year. And in the midst of all of this stuff, we were in Moab. And Moab, Utah, that's where my wife was born and raised. It's also where Pastor Keith was. Pastor Keith was the pastor who had been my wife's pastor her whole life and then had... Uh, performed our wedding, and then Keith had become a mentor to me. He was one of my mentors. I would spend time with him talking about life and in ministry, and he retired this last September. So, so this last September, I, I went out, um, I, I took off a Sunday so that I could go speak at his retirement ceremony. And it was an honor to be able to do that after 40 plus years of ministry without a failure that we could celebrate the ministry he's done as a pastor. And I, and I told them about that time when we were in the midst of our grief. We were in that difficult valley. We were struggling and we didn't know how to get out. Melissa and I, we were both in the grief together so we couldn't help each other very much. 
And Keith just happened to show up at Melissa's folks' house where we were staying. And I mean, that's what a good guy does, right? He, he just happened to show up and he came in and he sat down with Melissa and I and he listened to us as we just unburdened ourselves of all the things we were struggling with. And, and he listened to us and he cared about us and he loved us. He prayed for us and it helped us take a step forward out of that grief. I need a guide. Melissa needed a guide. We all need guides in our lives for something new, for the hard, difficult seasons, for just how to live life. We need guides. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you. Who are your guides and who are you guiding? Most of all, let the godly be your guides. Let's pray. Um, Lord God, I just um, thank you for this morning. I, I pray that this message has spoken to someone here. There's someone here right now who's in a, a difficult season or in a new season. They have no idea what to do. I pray that right now you would open up their mind, that they would remember the leaders you have put in their life, that they could look to, that they could follow. Uh, I pray, Lord God, that you'd give them the boldness to go talk to that person, to spend some time with them, to even begin a relationship of them being a guide, them being a mentor. I, I pray that you would just uh, give people the courage to do that and to find a guide or guides in their life to help them, especially the people who are struggling here today. And Lord God, I pray that all of us would be able to listen to those people even when it's sometimes hard to hear the words of wisdom they have for us. And I also pray that, Lord, you would challenge us to guide somebody else. That we would see, hey, here's this, this man, here's this woman, here's this child, here's this teenager that's behind me that maybe I'm just a step ahead of, but I can bring them along. I can teach them something. I can show them something about how to live life. Lord God, help us be more godly for the people who will look to us, because they will. Uh, Lord God, help us to follow you on this quest. Let us not be alone, but have good guides, have godly guides that we can look to, to help us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.